Hi, Varun here. Welcome back to another episode of The Human Entrepreneur. Today, Luke and I reflect with Sabrina Stocker on what it's like to be a successful student entrepreneur and now a full-time entrepreneur. We chat about her learnings as an entrepreneur, hustle culture, teamwork, and best practices of being an effective leader. Sabrina Stocker is an award-winning serial entrepreneur, speaker, business coach, and was a competitive tennis player. She was also the finalist for the BBC One The Apprentice 2018 show. At the age of 14, Sabrina ran her first award-winning company through the Young Enterprise scheme. Her company My Tennis Events has grown to become the biggest tennis events company within the UK with a team of over 50 and partnered with well-known brands like Virgin Active. My Tennis Events offers tournaments, corporate events and speed dating services. Currently, she is working on a startup called Shopping Slot that helps individuals find online supermarket delivery spaces during COVID-19. She also coaches entrepreneurs by helping them scale their businesses and is in the midst of launching her new venture called Active Dragons that aims at bringing entrepreneurialism to the school curriculum. Welcoming on the show Sabrina Stocker. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on and join you boys. So, um every guest of the Human Entrepreneur has to do a 1 minute elevator pitch. So, what is yours? So I my name is Sabrina Stocker and my vision my purpose my why is to be able to inspire others to live their best life and everything that I've been doing in terms of building my companies has been able to to be able to do that everything from my tennis company which is getting kids more active but actually there's a whole mental side to tennis that they learn through competition which has made me the person I am today to nowadays helping startup companies grow and expand and I think there's a massive mindset shift that needs to happen and I want to be the young female pushing that forward that is the dream I I love that and you know one of the things that I'm very interested in is what would you say is the one thing that makes you human I'd say my understanding of perspective in the sense that every single person has their own story they're writing their own story every single day and what you may see somebody else may see completely different so being able to understand different perspectives allows you to see the world in a much more open way yeah i love that seeing the world in different perspectives uh When I started doing a little bit of research, uh, I found out that you were a very, very competitive tennis player, and I think that's something that we have in common because I also played competitive badminton, uh, and I also love traveling a lot, just like you. I just want to know what exactly has uh, traveling and sports together taught you uh, in your journey of entrepreneurship. Amazing. Well, very happy to hear that you're into racket sports. Yeah, um, I think. <laughs> I think playing tennis especially you go on to court every single time and you have a new opponent and sometimes you enter competitions that you're the best in sometimes you enter ones that you're not meant to even get past the first round and it's a strategic game so it's all about being able to go on court being resilient every single time constantly strategizing um and you're constantly thinking as well it's it's a very mindset game the same with traveling in terms of backpacking you don't know what's going to happen and if you do the same as everybody else then you're going to have the exact same story to tell and who wants the exact same story to tell so both traveling and sport has made me realize that every situation is different and it's your choice to how you adapt to that situation do you have any like um key examples of like 
moments in like sport or like travel that really like change your mindset or influence you in a positive way a hundred percent like I had a a huge tennis tournament at Queen's Tennis Club when I was 12 and I made it through to the finals and this other girl op- opposite me my opponent I played her quite a few times we always argued on court anyway um parents when you're a young age playing tennis get a little bit sometimes you know interesting on the side of the court and this this girl's dad in particular had a massive rage and he was really distracting when I was trying to focus and that completely threw her off her game but I thought if I could stay my like stay grounded stay focused that ultimately led me to win the match and that I really bring into business as well that you don't know what's going to happen sometimes things that are out of your control may happen but you've got to stay focused if you want to get to where you want to get yeah, 100%. And for me, at least what badminton taught me was also a, a strict level of discipline. And I think that's what's held me in good stead. Of course, also the whole idea of just being active, which has its own set of benefits of being an entrepreneur. 100%. Then, Sabrina, you were um, a tennis coach. Um, and uh, trying to do some bit of digging, you were earning around £40 um, an hour uh, as a tennis coach. And um, we were like wondering, like, what's your um, relationship with um, money um, now in uh, like as a tennis coach and then as you transition to be an entrepreneur, how do you view money now? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, my perception of money has changed, particularly over the last couple of years. I used to be quite blasé with money when I was younger tennis coaching because I was earning like three, four hundred quid a day. I didn't know what to do with it. Like that's what my friends were earning in a week. And I just decided that I wanted more. Now my perspective of money is it brings you opportunities. And I think saying that money is important is very, very true. But it's important so that you can have that stability in your life to do what you want. But you also need to make sure that, you know, as your income grows, as your business grows, that your expenses don't grow with it. Because otherwise, you're never going to be any better off than you were a few years ago. And what would you say would be some of the learnings that you've got from getting money at a very young age and then having to handle it? So anyone who's probably on the path to getting really rich, what would you tell them? I would have definitely tracked where I spent my money (laughs) a little bit more. I spent like a ridiculous amount of money on staff, like ridiculous amount. And I wish I'd have kept my guard in terms of maybe not over expanding too quickly. Um, but I also think cash flow is very, very important and making sure that you create a business that is very positive cash flow. And for anybody who is thinking of starting a business, every single penny counts, no matter how big or how small you are. The only way that you're consistently going to grow is making sure that every single penny counts towards what you're doing. And so um, one thing that we really like to speak around is like comparing uh, ourselves to each other. And I think like um, Sabrina, you've obviously got uh, like a wonderful following um, online on Instagram. And like me personally and Varun, we've talked a lot about um, comparing ourselves to one another and to other entrepreneurs. Um, is this something that um, you have sometimes struggled with in the past? And have you found any ways to manage that? 
Yeah, I used to compare myself to other people. Um, I used to think, you know, why am I not as successful as they are already? But actually comparing yourself to other people is one of the most dangerous things that you can do within business because everyone learns at a different time. Everyone gets opportunities at a different time. You don't know what they've done in the background to get you where they are. So rather than comparing yourself to others, be happy for other people who are ahead of you learn from other people who are ahead of you um, and use that as a motivation for you to do the best that you can do for yourself but as soon as you start comparing you're not going to be happy because you've got to find what drives you not what's going to make you you know so look good compared to somebody else yeah i completely agree with that i mean it's so hard to do in um it, it, it's a it's a great it's a nice theory to adopt but what i'm what i find really difficult is to you know apply that um, when I'm interacting with people, say on social media, you know, someone's doing something better than me. And then I'm like, oh my God, I've not done that. I'm, I'm already 21. Oh my God. And, and they're like probably just 20 or a few years ahead of me. But uh, completely being happy, showing gratitude, I think is one way that has at least helped me stay afloat. And I think that brings me to my next question. You know, you spoke about opportunities and uh, sometimes, you know, opportunities might come to you. Sometimes they might come to somebody else. Do you believe in some form of destiny or, of, or, or a greater power uh, or something guiding us? Or do you believe that destiny is something that you, you shape along the way? A hundred percent, I believe you shape your own destiny because, you know, in, we've been brought up in a culture full of Disney and fairy princesses and fairy godmothers that are going to wave a magic wand and suddenly your life is going to be amazing. But it's not like that. And even if you came up with the best business idea, even if you got a massive investment, even if you found a, a partner who could pay for you and you would never have to work again, it doesn't matter because you've got to do what's best for you. And until you're completely internal within business, within money, within relationships and passions, you're never going to be happy. And you've got to chase, you've got to make sure you're content every day and that you're happy waking up to what you're doing um rather than expecting the world to roll evolve around you in a sense and while you're on that journey of making things happen or understanding your passions and stuff like that and when you you know get into the business world there's going to be a lot of self-doubt that you deal with on a very regular basis um for me personally i deal with it all the time do you have any strategies of coping with it or is it something that you just have to accept and just keep going yeah i mean I have hardly any limiting beliefs that are stopping me move forward. And that's because I've taken a massive kind of internalization of everything that happens around me. And if I can't control the situation that I know that I've got the skills and resources to be able to adapt them. And it's that mindset training that you have to do for yourself in order to, to bring you to that next level. Um, but for those who are struggling with limiting beliefs, start writing them down start noticing when you're having those reoccurring thoughts in your head. And as soon as you can start breaking down those thoughts, then you'll be able to start tackling them one by one and really breaking down to the core. And most of the time, our limiting beliefs come from self-esteem and self-assurance, which is, you know, a great topic to start working on yourself about. Sabrina, one of the things that I really um, admire um, when you speak about this is you seem to really be pursuing things that you're super passionate about. Um, how did you go about finding this passion? Was it something that you stumbled upon um, before The Apprentice or after it? Or like, 
what tell us like how did you find your why yeah well my my company i started you know a few years before the apprentice um and i just loved tennis and i loved event hosting so i thought hey why not run a tennis events company and and that kind of came about but in terms of my bigger purpose and my my bigger why i've been listening to the likes of tony robbins brendan bashard mel robbins since i was 15 like that's you know eight nine ten years listening to these these massive role models in society and when i was growing up there were no females doing this there were no young females doing this imagine a 14 year old girl listening to tony robbins who at that age probably was a mid 50 or mid 40 year old guy in bed doesn't sound right however there were no females that i really looked up to in that space so that's why i've created what i want to do and by being so passionate about what i'm doing gives me that work ethic gives me that motivation to, to make it you know you, you spoke about um, you know l- listening to tony robbins and brendan bashar i completely agree with you i've done that since i was probably in the seventh grade or sixth grade i don't know why i just stumbled on it and i just i just couldn't stop listening to that that the constant motivation and now there are so many clips on you, youtube and stuff so it's a never-ending pursuit of listening to uh, motivational speeches but there is one thing, however, that I have noticed, and with most of the motivation comes this idea of a hustle culture. And between myself and Luke, we have had countless arguments and countless debates on the whole idea of this hustle culture. Now, personally, for me, I believe that hustling per se gives you a lot more, it does you a lot more damage than good in the sense that, you know, you're, you're working all the time, you know, these motivational speeches are like, Oh, you know, you, you need to sacrifice sleep before you can get success. Or do you want do you want success as badly as you want to sleep? And then, you know, that narrative keeps playing with you over and over again in your head. And then you start embodying it. And then when that happens and that hustle culture, you know, completely consumes you, your health completely goes out of the window. And that in itself becomes really detrimental because then your productivity falls, the way you interact with people, you know, worsens. And for me personally, I've faced that kind of burnout. What are your thoughts on the whole hustle culture? Yeah, I mean, I don't know who I'm going to be agreeing with here when I answer this question. So I used to listen to this. You only need four, five, six hours sleep a night. Um, You should not see your friends on a Friday and Saturday night and you should stay in and work. It's bullshit. Like all of those messages, I've lived that life. I've hustled that life. If I went back, I probably would have spent more time with my friends than I would working. I think now after listening to so many, so many different entrepreneurs, you've got to put yourself first. And by putting yourself first, you've got to put your health first. And by doing that, it's ultimately going to make you more productive, more creative, and you're going to enjoy what you're doing more. Like my morning routine, I get up at 5 a.m. I'm not ready to start the workday until 8. I have a three-hour morning routine. Now, appreciately, there's probably a lot of, you know, different situations, which means others can't have such an elaborate routine. But I'm listening to a podcast for an hour. I'm doing my stretching, my walking, my mindset, my journalism, like everything in the morning. And I feel so much more ready for the day but you have to put yourself first. And if there's a day in that I decided I need an extra few hours sleep, then I have the extra few hours sleep. There's no wrong or right answer. But by listening to your body, then you're gonna be more motivated to do things. So I always put your health first and put that as your priority and then your business comes after. 
because you can't run a business if you're not present. Exactly. And you can't lead teams and be a leader if you can't lead yourself. And, and for that, I think you need to start listening to your body first and then everything else will follow. I completely agree. And you've got to listen to what you enjoy as well, because like if somebody's working 60, 80 hours on their business, have they got a good business model? Probably not because they're spending 60 to 80 hours on their business. So actually I wouldn't believe everything that you see on, on socials and YouTube. And you should be following those who are enjoying their time working on their mindset than working on their business because it probably means they've already made it a little bit. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't work hard. Like you have to work hard to build a business. I work probably 80 hours a week, every single week, but that's because I love it. I don't see it as work. If I have a bit of time, I learn about social media strategy or something. So I'm doing that because I enjoy it. I don't see it as an extra hassle. Um, but also like, you know, in five years time, if I'm still work, working 80 hours a week, I've done something wrong. <laughs> So you've got to, you know, see, look at it in two ways, I think. So are you um, creating like systems uh, to try and cut down that work over time? Is that something that you're working on at the moment? Yeah, I mean, my tennis company, I only run it, I only work kind of 15, 20 minutes a day in. That's all automated, all systemized, staff are in place. That runs itself. Um, my time now is building my new business, which is kind of my mentorship, my academy, and I'm also launching an app. So that's where my time is going now. But my previous business is, is completely automated and I'm happy. Well, at the moment it's not running because we can't play tennis tournaments. However, usually, um, that just runs in the background and then I can move on to the next business. So I think learning also how to automate and systemize a business is key. How can you be like an effective leader in that situation um, when you're not working so much on it? How do you, because I think like oftentimes we're like told to be an effective leader, you've got to put in the work yourself um, to show other people to work hard. So how did you go about um, creating that effectively? Um, I did the groundwork. I did, I did started it myself from scratch. I did everything myself at the very beginning. So I've built up a lot of respect for the people that I work with in a team. We've got a team of 42 because I've been there, because I've done it. But also I regularly check in with my staff and I make sure that they're happy. And my time that I spend on my business is just making sure that everyone's happy. And if they're not, then to communicate that with. And if they are and they're doing an amazing job, then reward them. But when you start having a business that you don't need to be in it, you've just got to make sure everyone in the business is enjoying and they're happy themselves. I 100% agree with that. And you said those 15 minutes are the 15 minutes that you take to make sure that your team is happy. And I think it goes back to something that I personally believe in as well is you as an entrepreneur are working for the team and then the team works for the customer. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, 100%. You know, if you try to do everything yourself, you're going to be burnt out. You're not going to enjoy it. Like, do I want to be running tennis tournaments every single weekend for the rest of my life? Absolutely not. I love kids. I love tennis. I love parents. But if I was doing it all of the time and then I was overlooking my staff who were doing it, I'd get bored. I wouldn't want to do it anymore. And I think if you can put that passion into somebody else who wants to take some of that workload off, they're going to do an amazing job too. And you, you, to be an effective leader, you have to trust your team. But the key to trusting your team is having the right team in the first place. 
A hundred percent. And what would you what would you say your top three tips are for you know recruiting a really kick-ass team? Um, firstly, recruit only when you have to and when you need to. My biggest mistake was recruiting too fast, um, and it, it was a very quick cash burner. Um, my second tip would be well, the first tip's kind of a tip. Second tip needs to be somebody who compliments you. So if I had another one of me next to me, it would be freaking nightmare because like I'm a visionist I'm a strategist if somebody else was doing that nothing would get done <laughs> so my right hand man is is a doer somebody who gets things done and he's perfect for me because we work so well together and my third one is when you find um make it a really hard interview process as well because you want somebody who is going to turn up, not just because they want the paycheck, but because they really want to work with you. They really want to do what they're doing and they want to learn. Um, because if you make it too easy, like I once um, applied for a job and I got offered it the next day and I turned it away because I thought, well, that was too easy to get. It can't be a good job. So they've got to yeah. work for the, the role as well. I've never, I've never thought of the last part of it, making the interview process harder. I love it. I love it. Uh, thank you for that. <laughs> You know, you spoke about these systems. Uh, could you give me maybe a few examples of how you use those systems in your in, in business, but also in your personal life and how do they, you know, relate to each other? Yeah, I mean, I use um, I use Monday.com, actually. I highly recommend it. Um, and I use it as like a project management system. And it just allow, it puts down every single process that has to get done. So it means that it's a great way for everyone to check in, for everyone to account, for all the information to be there. But in terms of my personal life, I guess I've created systems within myself. Like my, my morning routine is very systemized. And I think the more decisions that we can take away from ourselves, the better. Like I have pretty much the same food every single day. Um, I have the same routine in the morning. I have the same routine when I get to work. And by taking away those decisions allows you to, to free up a little bit and think more openly. Yeah, I think uh, Mark Zuckerberg does that by wearing, um, he doesn't, I think he, he wears the same clothes every day so that he doesn't have to think about what he's going to wear next. next yeah, day. I mean, it's, it's so true. Like, I've become very minimalist as well. And if I have jeans and a black t-shirt, then that's fine. Yeah. Obviously, being a female, we do need our going out outfits. <laughs> However, of course, um, of you know, who's, if someone wants to judge me on what I'm wearing, then I don't want to be friends with them in the first place. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, so one of the things that I'm really interested in is your acronym uh, KISS, which is keep it simple, uh, stupid, but you say keep it simple, sexy. Uh, and uh, can you talk to me about how I can personally apply this as a student entrepreneur, um, not just in my business, but even in my life? A hundred percent. I mean, the term came from my economics teacher, um, which was stupid, but I like sexy a little bit more. <laughs> and the KISS approach is there's, this massive over complication in business that everything's hard and I think one of the reasons for this is because of the increase of growth on um, online coaches who make things seem really hard so that you need your help and you need to buy a specific course now don't get me wrong there are some amazing online coaches I online coach um, but there's also some and I look at them and I'm like uh, really is that what you're going to be teaching them and by keeping getting really into the nitty gritty of things like business is quite simple when you get started the biggest thing that stops people starting is limiting beliefs it's not about their knowledge um and i guess like with that limiting um 
not having that limiting belief. Um, you must get a lot of opportunities um, coming your way. Um, and like you do the tennis company, um, you're doing the mentorship and online coaching, you've got shopping slot as well. Um, I'm sure you've got um, many other asks from other people. Like, how do you decide what's a good opportunity and which are ones that you should say no to? Um, probably a mixture of looking at the accounts, um, looking at the person I'm going to be working with, but also my gut. And I always go with my gut. And sometimes I think you just have to follow your instinct. Um, that's, what I, that's what I did for shopping slot. And it, it turned out amazingly. So. Yeah. And you know, some, sometimes it's really difficult to say no, because you feel like everything is a great opportunity for you. You know, there's this constant, uh, I'm not sure about you or whether you ever got it, but like there's this complete FOMO, right? There's a complete fear of missing out. Uh, obviously on the other extreme, there's this thing that I read called JOMO, which is the joy of missing out, but I fall towards this spectrum, which is the fear of missing out. So uh, what do you think would be something that I could probably do? And I'm sure there's so many people out there who uh, suffer a lot of FOMO. So what's your take on that yeah i mean you have to do the right opportunity to to get to move forward um i remember actually my friend told me this but it's called the shiny object syndrome and is the um opportunity that presents itself going to help you get towards and achieve your mission and achieve your why or is it going to distract you and just be a temporary thing now if it is going to distract you and it excites you and you love the idea of it then of course you should do it because you want to but if it's just something extra that's going to take you away from your mission from your bigger purpose then maybe you should reevaluate things before saying yes and i used to say yes to everything and now i get asked all of the time to have a percentage in people's business and expand it um and i just i just say no because sometimes they look towards you know entrepreneurs look towards going to somebody else but really they just need a bit of mentorship and guidance um so i think if you're thinking about you know taking saying yes to opportunities you've got to make sure that you know your why and your mission first and providing that it ticks that box and it goes forward with that and it helps you um, that's when I would say yes. Nice. That gives a really nice encompassing framework there. What's coming up for you um, next? Like what are going to be your next steps like um, now? And then do you have any like long-term um, plans in your business or personal life that you want to strive to and achieve? Yeah. I mean, I'm so passionate about being able to help other young entrepreneurs really because I, I didn't have that opportunity when I was younger so i'm really throwing myself into the online coaching um i've had quite a few courses now the students are doing amazing i'm working with six seven figure companies which is insane um and for me that's opened up such an amazing world because it means i get to see a company grow and i get to learn with them and i get to really understand the entrepreneurs and the startups so my focus now is building my kind of online coaching and it just gives me such an amazing amount of satisfaction. But I'm always going to, you know, have my own businesses as well because I'm a very strong believer that if you are a coach of anything, then you have to be current doing, currently doing um, or have a lot of experience doing what you're teaching. And so um, we just want to ask um, a few, like, um, quick-fire questions um, now uh, to, like, round up the podcast. What's your favorite book that's helped you in your business? 
Um, I would probably say my favourite book is 21 Lessons from the 21st Century. Favourite podcast? Oh, Jay Shetty, because I've been listening to him non-stop. <laughs> favourite movie? Harry Potter. Oh, it's going to be the first Harry Potter. And what's your favourite uh, TV serial? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Big Bang Theory. Nice. Thank you so much, Sabina. It's been an absolute pleasure recording with you. Thank you oh, so it was so lovely speaking to you. I'm sure we'll bump heads very, very soon as well. Hey, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you liked it, do give us a like and leave a review on wherever you hear these podcasts. And for weekly content, subscribe to our podcast channel and check us out on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter. See you soon.